what to eat first. I hope you made extra. Who the hell are you? Just a friend. But you can call me... The Riddler. Oh, you did! It's more like it! How did you find us here? But then if I talked, what would keep you from slaying me, old segregated one? By the way, that's never gonna heal if you don't stop picking. Let's see if you bleed green. Harvey! I don't think it's me you want to kill. That's just too easy for someone as powerful as you and you. But Batman... Sounds like a good idea. But have you thought it through? A few bullets, a quick splash of blood, and then what? Wet hands. Post-homicidal depression. Why not humiliate him first? Expose his frailties. And then when he is at his weakest, crush him! That was the Riddler, played by Jim Carrey, pitching vengeance to fellow supervillain Two-Face, played by Tommy Lee Jones, in 1995's Batman Forever. This week, we're reviewing the new addition to the Dark Knight cinematic canon, The Batman. We don't know what we're doing, we're just talking about films, and films are better than people. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Sam. Batman will come for me. Batman? Batman, you say? Coming for you! I'm counting on it! So, this week we watched The Batman, and Sam's going to tell you the plot. After the horrific murder of Gotham's mayor, Batman is drawn into the investigation after the killer leaves a note at the crime scene. As the body count rises around the city... The Dark Knight starts to expose the links between politics and organised crime, as well as finding out the truth behind the traumatic deaths of his parents. Or, as a haiku, the Dark Knight still knew. Riddle me this, what is right? Vengeful legacy. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That sort of covers uh, it it all. Yeah, like, uh, it... Reminded me about some of the dialogue in the film, actually. I think I've used that when I've been talking about your haikus before, that sometimes they belong in the film. Do you think um, that? Yeah, you've kind of inspired by... You've been inspired by the dialogue by the script. Or maybe the the dialogue has been inspired by me. Maybe I am Batman. You don't know. <laughs> You've never seen me and Batman in the same room before, have you? Yeah, so... that's true. Yeah, you haven't been getting much exposure or coverage in South London, though. No. I haven't seen many crimes sold by Batman. No, that is true, but I do like to keep it quite low-key in my, like, superhero activities. So, you know, if I was a superhero, not saying I'm not, but I could be a superhero, you know, how many supervillains have you seen in South London recently? True. Not many. No. Well, why is that? Keeping the streets safe. Exactly, that's me. Bat Lawrence. No, that wouldn't work so it would give away my identity, wouldn't it? Um, well, back to the drawing board. Uh, anyway, here's a clip. The killer left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying to reach you. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this, too. Hands up! 
stay still! How am I a part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. So, this review, uh, a bit later than planned. We were going to get right on this the week that it came out. It was very important to me, because I'm a massive Batman fan, and have been for a lot of my life. So, being able to do a review of the new Batman film was going to be really important to me. And uh, then I got COVID, and had to stay inside for a week and a bit. So... That's proof that there is no God, I would say. But then your hype around it and the anticipation must have been even more special and unique in a way. Because it mm. was just like, you know, you were waiting for this song for so long and then you had to wait that little bit extra. So that must have made you even more excited. I suppose it did. Uh, but it did feel a bit cruel and unusual. But yeah, all right, maybe it did make me a bit more excited. Was it worth the wait? It certainly was. I loved it, loved it absolutely loved the Batman. This was absolutely fantastic. I'd pinned a lot of hopes, as I said in a previous podcast, on this bringing back big films, and it really has for me. This is a really excellent Batman film that captures a lot of the things that I love about the character and that people love about the character, and it's a wonderful, thrilling, moody, cerebral experience. Uh, yeah, I quite liked it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not really as hot on it as, as you are. No. I think we'll try and break that down over the course of the podcast. But yeah, I uh, I thought it was over long. A little bit too in your face as well. I think there were a lot of inspirations uh, behind this film in terms of, of genre and style. And actually, I think sometimes they've, they've worked a lot on the aesthetic and not a lot of, of kind of what's happening underneath and around the characters. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, on that, first of all, then, you know, I think going into a a Batman film, a character as iconic as as the Batman, it's always interesting, like, what kind of film you're going to get, because broadly, you know, there are things that make up a a Batman film and make up that character, and what actually gets woven in in there is is interesting. In this, it, it is still an action movie and a superhero movie, but it's very much like a mystery as well not just a supervillain who's doing some crimes and there's like a nefarious plot underneath but there really is this mystery that he has to follow to try and work out what is sending the city into chaos and i think that was that's really interesting and quite ambitious to to want to make a film where we really see the world's greatest detective be the world's greatest detective uh, it doesn't forget that it's an action film and a superhero film but I, I love that element. I of sort it. of think it does. I actually think it does forget that it's a superhero film. I actually, when I first came out of it, my initial thought was this isn't a Batman film. Mm. Actually, I think this is like a, a neo noir, and they've put like certain characters into this subgenre, and these characters just happen to be from the Batman series. I don't what? know how you could get to that point. I, mean, I think this is still very much a Batman film. I think you've, at a superhero film, I think you've got those ideas about, like, identity and giving up your identity for the greater good to serve society in, in some way. I mean, that is the, the key component of a superhero. Yeah, sure. I, I think I should say as well, of course, like, when uh, the, so the Batman, the character was created, what, in the, was it around the... 1939. 1939, and I've, actually it was, the, the inspiration for Bob Kane, I think, was a lot of film noirs at the time, right? That, because, one of the so there are like yeah. there are a lot of characters. There's kind of uh, stereotypes from film noir, like the femme fatale, or the links between sort of politics and and the mafia and, and organized crime. Yeah, and, noir has always been a big element yeah, of the Batman. Of the Batman yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see that. So it's not as if like they're trying something radically different. Mm. Um, but just for me, I think one of the things that illustrates that is how I don't think there's much of an interest in Bruce Wayne in this. 
I think basically there's a real sort of lack of duality between Bruce Wayne and the Batman. Like I don't, I think mm. in other films you get an introduction to who Bruce Wayne is, but in this, like he's only Bruce Wayne for what two or three scenes, and like for most of the other most of the time, yeah, he is just the Batman, which maybe that's why it's called the Batman. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, maybe because there's no time to really explore Bruce Wayne at all. No, there isn't. I don't think they were really interested in in having that duality, and he is still very much in that Batman persona, or he's very much trying to find out who the Batman is and who, what kind of figure, what kind of hero he's going to be. Mm. Although I don't think he'd see himself as a hero, but what kind of figure he's going to be in 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 this world. Um, no, we don't get much of that duality. I could see why you could get there. I don't think it really matters. I think audiences are bored with origin stories. With some exceptions, I, I, I don't think anyone really wants to see that kind of story anymore. And this definitely didn't want to do that. I think the film is making an effort to be different in that regard and others. And then probably go away from some of those traditional things you might have seen in, in, in other Batman films. You know, it has this like really muted opening. It's not epic or theatrical in any way. It just sort of drops you into the bleak world. Batman doesn't fly through the air in the same way. He doesn't use batarangs. They were keen to stay away from anything that would make the audience go, oh, this again, snore. Although I think it still very much is a Batman film. I I think some of those, particularly some of the visual things, but yeah, okay, yeah, some of those things about the, the duality, it didn't really have much time for that. But I don't really think that's a negative. I, don't, I think although it is an interesting part of his character, it's not something that I, I felt was missing from this. Yeah, and I think that's fair to say that actually all the characters do feel fresh. Like, we've seen Catwoman, we've seen Penguin, we've seen the Riddler in previous Batman films, but th- these are all different takes on those characters. Although, actually, I kind of feel like, because the film's been very financially successful, we might start to, like, learn a little bit more about some of these characters, because especially the Penguin, for example, played by an unrecognisable Colin Farrell <laughs> um, in, a, yeah. in, a fa- in a fat suit and, um, and heavy prosthetics, but I still don't think he had a particularly key role in the film. I mean, he obviously helps the plot along. Yeah. But, um, and he is, you know, you can see there is this kind of animosity between him and him and Batman, but I still don't think he's a fully-fledged character, so maybe that's something that we'll see in, in sequels. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair enough. Farrell is... Uh, it's really hard to talk about his performance in this, but he's almost the performance you want to talk about most mm. to some extent because he's so completely unrecognisable and he is a, a great like gangster archetype. But yeah, we don't really know that too much about him. I think everyone actually on that, I think everyone fills out their roles really, really well. I, I don't know if there's anyone I can praise too much, but I mean, I, I think everyone filled out their roles really, really well and had like great chemistry between them. I do like Robert Pattinson as Batman, uh, he's a high quality actor and he, he he brings kind of a kind of grimness to this and I think he fills out the role really well. I think him and Alfred have some really great moments together. I think Batman and Alfred always are a great duo and they get some good screen time in this. So it was good to see Andy Circus as Alfred in this. I think that was good. Yeah, I mean I think the good thing about Pattinson in this is that actually it feels like a bit more of a self reflective and analytical uh, Batman in the sense that yeah. I think there's a voiceover which ends up being his thoughts written down in a diary so yeah. after his return from fighting crime which I think is actually kind of interesting because actually like if you're d- having that kind of cycle or that nature of kind of violence every single day you would be kind of self-reflective you're going out and you know cleaning up the streets you would come back and you know over a period of time because I think there's a 
it's basically kind of referred to that he's been doing this for about two years now. Yeah. So he's still relatively new as the Batman. Um, the diary is an interesting insight because because he, he says at one point it's like well it's because these you know I'm writing this down because the knights are just bleeding into one another mm. like he's so into the Batman that he has to write this down to, to for it to make any sense to him yeah. like looking back he otherwise he's not sure that it, any any of it really happened he's so lost in it so I think I think he's fine I don't think I was completely transfixed with him as, as other people I could I don't really think he. He completely nailed it. But again, maybe if they make more of these films, then he can kind of grow into the character a little bit more. But I did think it was charged kind of him essentially going through the motions a little bit. I, I like certain moments about the character. I like I liked like um, little notes of his personality. But overall, I just don't think I was kind of fully, um, fully absorbed. I think everyone in it was very watchable. And some was more watchable than others. There were no like Heath Ledgers in this, mm. I don't think. But then, but I, I don't think this film needed something like that. Um, I think Paul Dano was a good Riddler. He's actually the most different from the comics, and I think he's a very different take on that character because the the Riddler is is usually characterised as as just ego. He's a complete narcissist that just wants to prove how superior he is to everyone else in the world, but particularly Batman. In this, he's very different. In this, he comes very much from the bottom, and he wants to express his anger with the system and with the world. And that's like that's something that's quite different, but he still has this incredible intelligence. Paul Dano was good, I think. Uh, maybe a little bit over the Top. Over the top for me, yeah. Yeah, I don't in think. certain bits. Especially didn't really the... bother me, but yeah, towards the end, maybe a bit too much. There was an interrogation scene which which just felt a little bit off. It's like he was trying to be in one film that was completely different to this one. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't like massively impressed, but yeah, for the you know for the type of character I think they were going for, I can understand why he yeah perhaps was a bit more over the top or a little bit more extreme and and loud yeah i think that the 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 plot and the story and 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 the you know the ideas in it were brilliant well yeah i mean i guess the idea of a serial killer in gotham's really good the idea of like what what the riddlers because essentially like his raison d'etre is to just expose the corruption and the organized crime and it's it's why he i think he tries to bring batman along the way because Towards the end of the film, you kind of understand that the reason the Riddler's doing this or bringing in Batman is because he thinks of them as one of the same. Yes. Well, which obviously Batman would completely reject. But yeah, the problem is, is that that's fine. That's kind of the main thread of the story. But then you've kind of revolved around it. You've got all these different characters like Catwoman and the Penguin and Carmine Falcone that they all have to fit in. And then you've kind of got the, this backstory with Catwoman that you have to fill in. And then you kind of have to do a bit of lip service to Bruce Wayne and like his his relationship with Alfred, and, and you kind of got you got so much packed in, and you've got subplots that turn that then become a part of the main plot, and it, this is why it's fucking three hours long <laughs> because it's just so you kind of just have to like they have to try and put so much in and explain so much, and it just for me it just didn't need to be that epic. It didn't need to be a three-hour film filled with so much dialogue. And even when you did get the action scenes, I didn't think the action scenes were strong enough. Or I didn't think they were distinctive enough for the, for the payoff, really. Because if you're going to get all these scenes of dialogue, you need to have then a really good action scene to not make up for it, but, you know, to, to Well, match it's it, an action but... beat, right? Yeah, and I yeah. think the, what the film was good at is understanding that you needed an action beat. 
I really liked the action scenes. I thought they were really well choreographed. The fight scenes with Batman were were great fun to watch. Really, like quite brutal, and the camera stayed on them. And I, you know, Matt Reeves is he's an he's a director that knows how to make good action, and I think that continues in this. But actually, I think the highlight was the car chase scene with the the kind of proto Batmobile. Um, I thought that was great. Oh, you mean where Batman kills all those people? No, he doesn't kill those people. That's the Penguin. That's the Penguin's fault. What, you mean like Batman driving through all those trucks and, you know, they were overturning and exploding? They were already exploding, but Penguin, that was Penguin's no, fault. And, and no. like, and so Batman did the... He's partly to blame. He was being caught for manslaughter. He's not partly to blame, because it was the Penguin doing it. This, so what I mean, does... this is why I said earlier that it's like, there's this, obviously there's this idea that Batman doesn't kill people, he does justice in his own way, and, like, and he is just running around killing people. He's not and killing... He's he electrocuting people as well, which, um, you know, often leads to heart attacks. Um... Oh fuck! You know what? Like that, they were they were violent people, and he was just—it was a taser. He's this is the first Batman film where I've actually ever seen where he doesn't kill anyone. Well, apart from Batman and Robin, and apart, but no, but you can't say that when he's just like when he's running around Gotham, creating all this madness, and you know, blowing up buildings and blowing up vehicles and stuff, and putting other people in danger. You sound like a Batman villain now. Like, oh well, Batman attracts these these villains. I'm just responding to Batman. Also, he is. Uh, I, the other thing that's, that's on that is just how a lot of these characters uh, like can't die. For example, like at one point, someone's um, in a room with C4, and the C4 explodes, and they don't die. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, this is not. This doesn't make any sense, but. You know, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna have this world, which which looks, I mean, it's not trying to be like realistic, but you know, what I mean, it is trying to be gritty. It's a grittier. It's Batman. a gritty. It's like the grittiest film, Batman. Yeah. Oh, they're trying to make it the grittiest Batman film that's been. And if you're gonna have people that's kind of in, people that are indestructible, and even Batman himself, you know, he gets shot. I know he's meant to have this like body. He's armor. got this he's super, super body armor super on. Body yeah, armor. even though he gets shot, what you know. That's fine then. Yeah, he's got super Batman body armor. He's a billionaire, <laughs> and I think that gave it a good look. The fact that he was just like that—that that was again another distinctive visual thing. Him just like walking through sometimes. Like he's not—he's not invincible though. Like uh, he is in in danger quite a lot, and usually from bullets. But it's just that he—you know—if they—if they aim at the strong part of his armor, then yeah, he can just sort of like. He, he can just, just like bounce off, bounce off him, and he can like Fine. punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, suspend your disbelief. He's he's Batman. He's got this these super gadgets. That's that's that's. What I don't know. Is. That took me out of the film a little bit. You know, this this kind of meant to be this sort of grim reality, and yeah, it does still feel like a little. I, I just I don't know. I became a little bit detached when when they had those moments, especially the other bits where he flies off a building. Um, hits a hits a bus and like still falling, rolls around a few times, then gets and lips away. It's like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, that bit was again to to avoid him look just looking like he has done in the other films, flying through. They they work out like another way of him still kind of flying through the air, but trying to make it even more realistic or make it like, yeah, okay, he's shrugging off more damage than than maybe most people would, but you know. You, you got to suspend your disbelief a little bit. It didn't really bother me that much. I think particularly it didn't really bother me because it touches on some stuff that's really, really good about Batman. Like, ba- Batman has to be Batman because Gotham is so corrupt. One of the reasons, you know, Bruce Wayne can't just be a cop, and this has been kind of in the comics since the 80s, is that Gotham is so terminally ill with organised crime and a corrupt establishment that it needs someone outside the law to fix it. And the film explores this a lot. Nolan, you know, touched on it. But the Batman really paints a vision of Gotham that's rotten, but then weaves 
into it something quite current. And I think this is, again, one of the real strengths of the film. It weaves in the divided nature of our times, the inequality that's rife and, and just getting worse in, in the real world, and and what sort of society those things sow, you know. And it also ties really well into Batman's journey, which is a big part of this film, you know, and very much in keeping with the character that I love. You know, it's his journey towards something hopeful, towards making the world a better place. You know, I, I, I'm not going to spoil, you know, too much of this, but, you know, essentially Batman to me is about morality and about a hope and an optimism that w- the world can be made better, but only if you do it in the right way. And that's what the Batman, the film, is about at its core. And I really, really liked seeing that on, on the screen. Yeah, I can sort of understand that. And yeah, that feels like, because that's like a motivation or that this is what the Riddler and Batman are kind of trying to show really there's this idea that they're trying to heal gotham but in their own particular ways really and i guess that's what that's but what that makes... highlights what batman is really about yeah and i think that's what's really good good i mean that's what's what's really important is yeah they both see themselves as you know as, as arms of vengeance but in their differences that's how batman gets to kind of learn more about himself that is a that is a, is a good thread they just could have streamlined it just make it about that i just feel like there are, there are a lot of characters that they have to work through and I think that's part of the problem really I think that is a like a fascinating way to make a Batman film uh-huh. or for the for a Batman film to revolve around those issues but I still think maybe it gets slightly lost in the sense that yeah because of the because of there being too many characters it is long as well I mean I will completely agree I mean it's long and this is going to be everyone's experience with it it's a really funny criticism because I could really feel like it's runtime but at the same time, I, I wouldn't want to cut anything from it. Um, I, I know what you mean about all these other characters, like Catwoman's backstory, but that kind of shows how her and Batman kind of mirror one another. You know, I, I wouldn't want to get rid of any of the action sequences because actually, because I thought they were really fun. But don't they, they and do exciting? Have, they do and, have to deal with the death of Bruce's parents. Yeah, they do. Which is something again. That's kind of. I know you said earlier that it does feel fresh, and they're trying to avoid any scenes that have been done before, which can often be the problem when you're rebooting a like a superhero film, um, which they are kind of trying to do with this. But yeah, they that's another that's a big chunk of the film. I'd say that's like half an hour that they have to weave into it, which you perhaps didn't really need, and you could have saved kind of later down the line if you're going to make more of these films. But I'm I mean I like the world that that they were building. I think it made it feel much more weighty. Did you actually like the the world or did you just like the look of the world? Cuz it is like No, it, I like the world. I just think this is a, a a city that is almost beyond saving because it's so corrupt and we got to see all the different elements of the way that that worked. I agree completely. Like it, you do feel like it's long, but I just I, it's just really hard for me to really back up that that feeling because at the same time I wouldn't cut anything out of it so maybe it's something that gets better in a second watch maybe the the length of it isn't as noticeable when you go back into it again um, I'm not sure I, I just what I'm going to take away from this film is that there are some really nice shots so like there's the one where he has the red flare it looks really good or there's like a certain fight scene where it's all dark but you just see the flashes from the guns yeah that's you great just it looks good. It looks fine, and obviously the the heavy rain, the rain, it's kind of raining all the time. It looks a lot like David Fincher's Seven, for example. Yeah, which it is does. also set in like a the idea of being set in a city that can't be saved. It looks great, but I just don't, I'm not going to really take away any of the substance from it because I just oh, really? I think it is a bit. I just think it is a bit bare. I, I mean, I agree that the look is is amazing. Uh, I don't think Gotham's ever looked better. I mean, this is a gothic noiry 
metropolis of kind of rusty infrastructure. And yeah, it's raining all the time. Uh, it was just so rich. It, it's definitely one of my favourite parts of the film, is the look of it. Um, I don't agree that it was that it took away anything from the substance. I think there really was substance in there. Did you not feel like a lot of these ideas, the, these ideas about justice, vengeance, you know, the finale... Well, the, stuff, the stuff that's been in previous Batman films? Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> um, I just feel I don't know. Kind, I, I, kind of. I, I mean, I, like I, feel, Bat- I feel these sort of debates, and I feel like a lot of these issues have been explored in Nolan's trilogy, even you know maybe in the Tim Burton ones. Really, not in the Tim Burton ones. That's a whole other debate. Uh, but but uh, he touched on stuff about Batman, but not about that idea of justice. Yeah, yeah, of course, Nolan has looked at this stuff before, but I I think that the Batman does it in uh, a different way, like a grimmer way, and actually I, I think it dives really headfirst into the the real ugliness that comes from a society that becomes so corrupt. It certainly made me believe in superhero films again and big films. Hasn't done that for you or? Not particular. I mean, I appreciate. I mean, I'm a, a huge fan of David Fincher's serial killer films, like Seven and um, and the Zodiac in particular. And it did feel like, wow, this is someone that likes those films too. And yeah. Better. And this is someone that likes neo noirs, and you know, there are like little references to Chinatown, or like there are certain characters that are similar to the ones in Chinatown and and in this. Yes. Yeah. That's really interesting as well. So the fact that they, you know, you've got these kind of really good filmic like touching points really all these like touching points from the history of cinema is is really really great and and i enjoyed that but i I don't think it's kind of inspired me the way it has with you no i know this is the the tenth live action batman film depending on how you're counting i don't know if i would necessarily say this is the definitive batman uh that will probably always belong to the dark knight but this is just excellent i mean this is an ambitious noiry grim batman story which understands the core of the character it's sublime i just can't wait to watch it again i really really loved it this jumped over all my expectations yeah love it (laughs) (laughs) follow that oh wow i definitely don't think it's sublime but uh i i I liked it i i think for all the issues with with superhero films um, that are made around this time, I do think this was one with with a voice. And um, as I say, the aesthetic looked really good, even yeah. though I did think at times it was maybe more vacuous than than maybe some people think. But um, vacuous, that's just really a little harsh. bit. No, 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 I'm not saying the whole film was vacuous. I'm just saying there were some moments where there were some scenes, for example, where perhaps the dialogue wasn't good or it was just too like overegged in a way. And I don't know, like it just didn't it just didn't work all the way through for me. But yeah, I, I think they've probably done justice to characters who hadn't been treated very well in the past, for example, like the Penguin or you know Catwoman in in certain films. But um, and I, I do like uh, Batman's arc in this, the way he goes from vengeance to hope. I think that's actually like a really good journey that you see. And there's a really like amazing final shot, which um, it's not particularly clever, but it's just a really good summary of the film and what's happened to Batman over the course of the. The film. Oh, sorry, that's a spoiler. Is he doesn't die? So I think, <laughs> you know, I think if he did die at the end, that would be that would be very strange. But anyway, yes, it's it's a really good shot. There were some really intelligent bits in it. But yeah, for me, I I, I liked it. I I wasn't a super fan. I don't think I'll be banging its drum like it sounds like you will be. I will but, be. I uh, think but, I'd probably like this more than most people. Um, it'll be interesting to know if that in subsequent viewings whether I still think it's that good. Yeah, but we'll see. I'll definitely watch it again. I'll definitely watch it again and hopefully I like it a little bit more. It could be one of those films that's just a bit of a grower. Maybe we're not so different. 
Who are you under there? I'm vengeance. So, if you like this, I'm going to recommend The Crow from 1994. I'm trying to avoid basically just recommending another Batman film, but it's near impossible when you watch something like The Batman. So, I'm just going to basically pick out the aesthetic of The Batman, which was just one of my favourite things about it, and talk about The Crow, which is the story of Eric Draven, like... Raven, DeRaven, who, after he and his fiancée are murdered, comes back as a moody goth spirit of vengeance to wreak havoc on the criminals that took away his and his lady love's life. I said, don't move. I thought the police always said freeze. Well, I am the police. I said, don't move, Snow White. You move, you're dead. And I say I'm dead. And I move. The guy that murdered Tintin. He was already dead. He died a year ago, the moment he touched her. They're all dead. They just don't know it yet. The Crow is is uh, a 90s throwback that's aged incredibly well. I watched it again last year, and it kind of feels like a 90s rock video in all the best ways. It's deeply gothic, with the rain all the time, and, and crucifixes and statues of angels that looking sad. Uh, mixing with the rough streets and dirty clubs. This great kind of like orchestral score of these like moving like strings mixed in with like, yeah, 90s grunge and or, or whatever else rock was doing in the 90s. Um, it's just a really fun like supernatural action film. And Brandon Lee, who died making the film, is just excellent as the the titular crow. He's just really charismatic, completely fills up the screen as this like sexy goth superhero. If you're looking for something with the the kind of aesthetic that the Batman had, and to be honest, just want like a fun night in, like I just you know the crow is just great. I love it. Yeah, never seen it. Never had much um, interest in it to be honest. Obviously. Due to, uh, it's really sad what happened to Brandon Lee in that film. So that's kind of what's made it quite famous in a way, really. But yeah. um, it's actually a good film in its own right. Then, yeah, it's got a bit of a, it's. A, it, I think it is. It's got a bit of a cult following. It's just one of these things that's aged really well. Just something oh, really? about the like the look of it and the feel of it. Like it, it maybe like it <clears> is a bit kitschy, but it's just one of these like yeah, I guess a kind of snapshot in time, but just like a really gothic yeah. superhero kind of rock music <laughs> action thing uh it's 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 just great fun but it is hard to recommend something when you look at the batman because it's doing so much i just figured pick on the aesthetic nice if you didn't like this then i'm gonna say go watch spider-man into the spider-verse from 2018 have we talked about this on the pod before you know that is a really good question i'm not sure have we I don't know. Maybe we've just talked about it a lot. Oh, we, I, I feel like we it. have. I mean, we we try and we do try and not recommend things twice. But if anyone, if if that has happened, then we apologise. But um, I mean, basically, if you hated the runtime of the Batman and the grim world of it as well, then just jump into the greatest Spider-Man film ever made, bar none. It's an animated film, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Miles Morales is a normal kid in New York City who's bitten by a radioactive spider. 
Uh, sound familiar? Well, this New York City already has a Spider-Man who's then killed when a dimension-splicing machine goes awry. Now, Miles needs to take up the mantle of Spider-Man, but it won't be easy as the dimension-slicing machine is sending other Spider-People and their troubles into his world. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there's another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? So this is a much lighter affair than the Batman, but don't let that put you off. It still engages with lots of weighty ideas, just in a softer way than the Batman does. Who can be a superhero? What it means to be one? It's just a really unique feeling superhero film as well, because its design is really colourful and occasionally psychedelic, but it's just gorgeous. It takes a lot to make web-swinging look good, but Spider-Man Into into the Spider-Verse really does that. It's a really, like, engaging and fun, but not vapid in the same way that, like, other kind of superhero films are. This this actually feels like it it has a vision, in the same way that the Batman does, but it's just, like, completely opposite end of the, the spectrum. That's what I like about it. Yeah, it is really innovative. Well, I think it's, it's what has inspired um, other Marvel films, right? Because they, they were the first to do this multiverse idea, right? Yeah, I mean... Um, and now you're now seeing it in new new Marvel films. So. Yeah, I mean, people always... But, I mean, multiverse has been around in comics for a okay, long time. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't... They, I'm, I'm sure they, they were going to get to that eventually, but... But, yeah, the difference... The amount of, like, the different styles of animation in it, I think, is really good. Because if you're just yeah. making an animation film, or, you know, you think of an animation film, you don't think they mix style and form but they do mix it in in this and that's what makes it so as you say psychedelic and yeah just so vibrant i really like it as well and it just feels like one of those animations that come around every so often that's kind of almost like rewritten the rules around like what can go in an animation and yeah it just looked like it must have taken so much work as well yeah sometimes that's what quite good when you watch a film and you think wow they've like they've really kind of pushed the boat out and I think the animation I watched a, a bit of a making of and they said that they wanted the animation to be like when you pause it at any point you could you could take that as a snapshot and be like that's a really cool shot nice. it, it's not that everything's moving so quickly that there, there's like a blurriness or like a loss of focus or you're going to freeze frame on something and be like oh that looks boring no it's that everything is is constantly like popping and and clear and you know, you definitely get that from it, and I, I love that about it. So, yeah, that's one more Batman film <laughs> that, 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 uh, for now. Maybe this is your... I mean, we talked at the beginning about me being a superhero. Maybe this is kind of your calling. Maybe you're like a meta-superhero. Maybe you're going to be a superhero that needs to make superhero films good again. That'll be your pa- That'll be your calling. This There's a corruption in Hollywood of everyone's just making a load of you know superhero films that never quite meet the mark and you've got to go there and 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 show them the way or something no i think i'll just rather be a superhero on the inside oh really yeah <laughs> that's the most important oh that's a really wholesome way plus then you don't have to wear spandex or your pants out on the on the front of your costume and stuff like no. that no no, if there was one superhero, I think, from Batman films that I'd be, it probably would be Jim Carrey, the original Riddler, <laughs> Batman Forever. <laughs> Who would you be? 
What if I want? If I was going to be one of the yeah of the one of the super or one of the Batman villains or a Batman himself from the the history of the oh the Batman I think cert- probably Adam West Batman. Yeah. I think that's who I'd like to be. I love I, I love the idea of uh, having uh, a bunch of gizmos all labelled uh, for for any kind of situation, such as if I need to repel a shark uh, on, on a particular adventure. I, I always like the idea that 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 if I did have to dispose of a bomb. That if there were a bunch of ducklings there, then I'd probably think, oh no, I, I don't think I can do that. I think that's where my morality lies. Save the ducklings. Thank you so much for listening to Films Are Better Than People. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now so you never miss an episode. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. And don't forget to come follow us on Twitter at Films Are Better and like us on Facebook.com forward slash Films Are Better.